It's clear to you that de-icing the wings will not be done in a jiffy. You look for phone outlets but see none, only photos of phone outlets. A voice announces your gate is now 39C-12B-9A. It's like musical chairs if musical chairs made you sob in the pet relief area. A child picking his nose stares. His parents have abandoned him. The airport will raise him now. Don't let flight delays ruin your vacation. Go on a real vacation. GoRVing.com. Born in trouble. Welcome to the 26th episode of Born in Trouble. I'm your host, John X. It feels like it's the 364th episode of Born in Trouble. Because this is the Groundhog Day edition. Because this is the ground. Yes, it is. Because I, don't, I have fucked up this intro two times already. So, welcome my illustrious guest from California, Mr. Gene Hopkins. Oh, I'm illustrious. You're still illustrious. You were illustrious on the last take. You're illustrious on this take. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that people aren't going to hear that greatness. Hopefully we can we can get you to repeat what you just said to a certain extent. And we'll just pretend we didn't hear it. Oh, yeah. It's going to be less detailed, but I'm going to give you just. (laughs) And from Detroit, Michigan. Home of City Wings. That's right. 2896 West Grand Boulevard, Detroit, Michigan. Detroit, Michigan. Chicken. Get you some. Get you some. That's right. That's right. That's right. Mr. Grant Lancaster. What up, though? We just had a conversation about how much I really get into saying that. And I got a second chance to go and say it one more time. So maybe I'll feel better. So, so, um, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, a little pep on it. Yeah, a little pep on it. Just a yeah. little. Uh-huh. Just yeah. a little. So, Gene, you were in the middle of saying some very profound, deep things. What was it you were saying about having, what did you see this week? I just saw before this show, I was having some couch time, and I uh, put it on, it's HBO Max. Fuck, man. It might be Netflix. I got See, I hate when I do that, man. But anyway, uh, people will know what it is. I'm going to look it up while I talk. It's a show about cyber warfare. Okay? And it's uh, basically the, the <laughs> shit. It tells you right off the, the rip that cyber warfare was began in... 2012, I believe. Right. You were saying by that. the U.S. <laughs> against who? <laughs> against Iran. Mm. Uh, against their uh, nuclear program. And Gene, how are we doing in that war? Oh <laughs> shit! We we look. We're trying. We're we're doing. I'll tell you the good and the bad. We're doing both. We're doing terrible, but in, in many respects. But in the in the program, they showed that how we've gone on a quasi offense with some of this. Well, it began with us in, on the offense, and then you know we we've had to play defense. I mentioned the Sony attack, and then uh, there's attack in the casino in Vegas, and there are all backstories behind both attacks and and why they're political and and how they came from a country. But and then it got into China's uh, participation 
So the, the short version is America started the shit. The other countries picked picked up the ball okay. and took it to the next level with the with the Hillary Clinton emails, this, that. I mean, they wrapped all this up in a bundle of explanation that, that that's pretty interesting. Now, I understand that this I, I saw the 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 political influence in this show. It was a more more so a left probably a left-sided agenda more than, I would say, a right-sided agenda. However, uh, in many parts of it, 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 it's a bipartisan agenda because the reality is there are no answers for the cyber war, even currently now. The only answers are reactive answers. There, there, there is very little meaning, meaning that they can only come up with an answer when the next problem hits their ass, because it's impossible to get ready for something that, that that's evolving continuously. You can try to stay uh, in position to be in a uh, in a position of power within that evolution, but but still you're, you're limited. But yeah, uh, my every, point every is, occurrence is unique, right? So, and then you know, I also took into account that these authors weren't distributing in the U.S. dirt for the most part, but I'm sure besides the little tidbits they gave that we've been active in, in something or another. But they did bring out some details of how Russia gets down, how China gets down, right. uh, North Korea, and, and so on and so forth. And I'm going to tell you something, man. <laughs> when it comes to ways, all these religious prophecies that 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 uh, point to the end of times. Well, end of us, the U.S. For the most part, you know, a lot of them because we have a specific role in in, in many people's interpretations of prophecies. Yes, <laughs> so, right. Yep. Yep. And so, and so, this just kind of had me thinking. Wow, you know, as as evolution happens, and, and especially since the uh, internet age when evolution became this bitch be letting her dog shit right Probably. in the street. Oh, my bad. When, when, when as, as evolution became the internet age, kind of sped everything up, in my opinion, as far as evolution goes. So the things that people prophesy about or predict and shit like that are completely unimaginable until the, until uh, they happen. You know, there are things that, that happens that makes that Im- imagination seem realistic now. You know, that this can happen, that can happen. So at the end of the day, it showed me how fragile we are as a superpower. And when I say a vulnerable, I should say, and it's not just us. See, uh, everybody else is a few years ahead of us because they've been on complete offense. Right after the world start realizing, okay, US did this to Iran, they were able to do this, 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 and this, which means that a, a, a digital attack had physical ramifications. Uh, consequences and ram- ramifications. So it was mind-blowing, man. Let me find the name of this fucking show, man. Yeah, that sounds crazy. This, Go ahead, Grant. So, so here's the thing. It's, it seems like 
when you're the bully in 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 the on the playground, you know what I'm saying, or the bully on the block or whatever, it's all good being the bully as long as all the other kids are in silos. You know what I mean? Like nobody else, like they don't they don't posse up and whoop your ass. Right. Right. But they don't come up with another plan. Right. And but what seems to be happening is as America has been the bully and sending everybody today back to their labs to to try to discover something greater. And at the same time, they're entertaining us rather than educating us for the most part. We're, we were at the forefront and we just, it seems like America just thought that they would just always stay at the forefront regardless because they were the biggest and baddest. But right. technology technology has leveled the playing field. It's a leverage. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's equalizing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So you can get your you can get your ass whooped by some seventeen year old in China, right? As you know, what I mean, like the whole country can get their ass whooped by some seventeen year old in China if he knows the buttons to push. You know what I'm saying? And he may just happen upon the buttons to push. Right. Well, America. But, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that's how simply it could go down. Well, America. Yeah. So let me just say it's called the the perfect weapon. And it's a documentary that was made in 2020. So it does have some mention of COVID in there because cyber warfare isn't just uh, ransomware attacking people, this and that. Uh, so it's the it's it's such a deep, it's very fucking interesting. It's a deep psychological war- warfare where they fucking create, I guess the the uh, creativity is has no limits in cyber in cyber warfare, whereas regular warfare is pretty much limited to your weapons, you know. But and and but I guess what I'm saying is they plan on like uh, part of cyber warfare is also misinformation, and so which has to do with elections and stuff like that. And then another part is crippling a company's finances, and it could be by something. You know, they did the Sony that was crazy, man. Them motherfuckers let it let let all this email information out to show the how actors were getting paid differently. <laughs> yeah. yeah I this, that, that, and everything else, you know what I'm saying? Yes. It started, this shit starts a fight, you know? Right. No doubt. <laughs> and it scared other companies like, damn, if they get a hold of our shit, they they go after your brand, is what I'm saying. It's and they, and it, they discredit your brand and it costs to not only uh, take the, the hit for brand, but it costs to reinforce your infrastructure after the attack. What they do is a difference between micro and macro. And yeah. a lot of times when you're dealing with things macro, which is on a much smaller basis, what what you're doing is you're looking to affect a much smaller group or a much smaller entity. You test it out on the macro, and then you go micro. So what they did with Sony was like, it was sort of like what has happened in the United States where they have taken all these groups and they've plotted them and they've pointed them against each other. And it's hard to come to a united front at that point. But I think what's very interesting about this whole cybersecurity thing is that you said that this started in 2012 and it's kind of like the United States that's 11 years after we invaded in Afghanistan and started the war in Iraq. And it seems as if the United States hasn't learned anything from either one of those things. The reason being is because when you went into Afghanistan, what they did was we punched first, sure, but we lacked foresight and understanding. 
and you can say anything about whatever is going on. I saw a very funny meme by one of my distant cousins on um, the internet who said, like, now you've got people who have never spent a day in Afghanistan in the war that are going to become pundits on the Middle East and everything. And we're all going to become pundits. I remember before the time before they went in, I was saying, don't go into Iraq. Doesn't make any sense. I was one of the very few people. And much like what's going on with COVID right now, when you're outside of the box, they were wanting me to shut up then too. And anyone who said that they were against the war in Iraq at that point in time, which led over into Afghanistan, they were also similarly shunned, had hot dogs thrown at them, things of that nature. Nothing more American than a hot dog. Because it's like, it just makes too much sense because of the simple fact of the matter is that you're not going to change those people and you can't beat a force. No matter how many people you have, you can have millions of people. You can have 3 million people and 1 million, a group of 1 million can defeat them if they are together. That is like the lesson of team sports is that you can have great players, but if you don't work together, you ain't going fucking no place. So what we've seen right. in Iraq is that we went into Iraq and Iran and Afghanistan trying to beat these people, and we don't have religion. And what we have is we have finance and we have, um, you know, a lot of people that go over there to do not just necessary to really fight and kill or just basically to be tough and everything. And what happens is those other people and everything, and this is no knock on the U.S. soldier. But this is, but when you're going up against the Taliban, these guys have a reason. They're fighting for their lives. They actually believe that shit. They believe in their religion. They're going to fight you to the death, and that's their philosophy. And more importantly, that's their culture for generations and generations. When you try to attack Iran with the cyber attack, they ain't got shit else to do in Iran other than to grab a whole bunch of get their smartest motherfuckers that are also Iranians and say, hey, did you like that shit that happened to you at home? Because when you attack Iran, you're not just attacking the government. You're actually attacking the people who live there. So these motherfuckers are committed to beating your ass because they have no other choice. And you're just doing it because, eh, because you can. Because I'm the bully. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm the bully. And... They didn't learn anything from that. So like you said, Gene, they get in there, they're they're getting hit back pretty hard. Or they got we got hit back pretty hard. Man, I'm gonna tell you something, man. It's it was insane in the chronological order of events. And and I guess it's fascinating watching it build up. But with the Sony hat, that was a direct mm. retaliation from North Korea to the movie that they made. Yes. On uh, killing uh on John. Yes. But here it didn't stop there, though. After that, the reason, according to the documentary, or the reason that uh, North Korea couldn't get those missiles off, they're implying that we had we did some cyber warfare and and and, and caused the missiles to to land into the body of water or whatever, uh, which wasn't part of the um, uh, I guess the test. Yeah, exactly, and so. Shit, man. But then when they got into what Russia just Russia just basically said, all right, y'all motherfuckers, hold up here on this one, because <laughs> because they, they just swear hard 
And then, and then, but the political part was, of course, because then they had Donald Trump's big stupid ass over there in Russia shaking his hand, this, that, and the third, and everything else. And it got me to thinking, are these motherfuckers really that smart and playing chess on this world stage and have four or five moves ahead of this and that? Who are you talking about, America? Uh, I, uh, follow me. I'm talking about like like people in power, right? Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, kind of like maybe what somebody would say America is, and people in charge of it and everything else, or is it that we are a microcosm of them, and we are a bunch of sensationalism junkies, uh, pleasure junkies, whether it be ding, taste, ding, ding, ding. this, that, and everything. And they actually are some dumb motherfuckers just rolling with the punches that roll their way right now and are really susceptible to bullshit. You know, uh, so, it, it's, which means that scrap all the conspiracies of much of many of the conspiracies. And it could be just we are lined up with our chins up in the air, ready to just get smacked around uh, because we're not prepared. We have not been spending this time prepared. We've been spending this time. Uh, overdosing on pleasure. Mm-hmm. So, so in 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 the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, right? Is king for sure. So, so just so just just consider this for a minute. If if the one-eyed man is leading us, then we're the blind, right? So there's right. no we're we're reliant on them, and I and I'm saying we mean in the masses, right? Mm-hmm. We're reliant on the people in power to kind of make kind of run the country and make shit happen the way it's supposed to happen. As long right? as but, 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 as long as, but go ahead, I'm gonna get back right, to my as long right. as but but what but what they've done is suppress us. Right? They've suppressed our creativity, they've suppressed our information. They, you know what I mean? Like they give us what they want to give us to keep us passive. So when you go against the country, like let's let's take Afghanistan. So so when you go to war with a country, you got tanks and they got rocks and they don't stop coming mm-hmm. with, with their rocks. Mm-hmm. You got a bigger problem on your hands than you realize. Mm-hmm. Right. So cyber warfare, cyber warfare is like the green board of CGI. You can make cyber warfare any motherfucking thing. Mm-hmm. And these people in these other countries, if what they want to do is is plot to get you they have less shit to distract them than we do yes and you know what i mean they, they way less shit so they can spend much more time being creative on some shit that you ain't never even thought of and that's the biggest downfall of the united states this is a um podcast that's based for based upon pretty much a black audience um ethnic audience that would probably pick up on us just because we're three black brothers and everything. And a podcast like this in Japan wouldn't exist because there aren't, unless it's like three Japanese guys that happen to eat noodles in the same restaurant at the same time. And that's what like makes them what they are because yeah, no, I'm just saying because 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 the point is the point is like the point is the conformity and the unity that these other countries share that the United States does not have and we're too busy worried about all these 
or I won't even say we because what we motherfucker, what we black man, right? Who exactly. are we talking about? Who, who am I talking about when I say we? But when I say we and everything, let's just play with it collectively. We are at each other's throats. We are not interested in investing in the educations of all of our children. We are more interested in getting the same things or more or better than what our neighbor has and hoping that the rest of the world will leave us alone. And the way that we have done that traditionally is with our guns and our military. And at this point in time, our guns and our military is really outgunned because of cyber wars, because of ideologies, because of the strength of unity that America once relied upon and was able to get successfully utilizing propaganda. But once you pull back the curtain, it's difficult to keep that propaganda and you have to find something for the people to unite about. And we're just well behind them in all these ways. You want to talk about reparations? They don't want to give up reparations. You want to talk about education? You don't want to equally educate everybody. And you want to make sure that Billy has a good job that pays X amount of dollars no matter what. So that guarantees right there, that guarantees, that's the breakdown of the model for mediocrity or worse. Right. So how are we going to compete against the best, even in a small radius of what is Iran? We can't even Russia. Russia gave up their weapons. You mentioned Russia in this. What does Putin do? Putin invests in intelligence. Intelligence. Mm -hmm. What Mm -hmm. does the United States not invest in? Education and intelligence. Well, I can tell you this, that they made a profound point before that shit went off, and that is, is that they don't know if the capabilities are there yet. Wouldn't be surprised if they are, but they sure that one day they're coming. And that is for everything. For for China owns something that everybody uses. What is that? I was going to say something inappropriate, uh, but I'm going to stop. Five G. The 5G technology comes out of that, I think it's pronounced Hawaiian or something like that, uh, uh, but it's a device. I had a phone with the title on it at one time. And if they and if, if they manufacture those parts that are globally used right now, right, mm-hmm. then they will at some point, they will have control of those things. They already and, have control. And, that, and this ain't about cell phone conversations. It's how my man traffic trains. The whole grid is going to be is 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 converting or, or transitioning to five G if it hasn't already right now. Listen, bro, you got to give China a round of applause for the way that they handle things because I had a, I had a conversation with a brother yesterday in that blackout group. I was arguing with this dude. Cause like my back was hurting, and when my back is hurting, I was just I was just mad. You know how everybody got, you got back a weak back, man. Um, well, I got a, I my disc slips every now and then, and everything, and it's just like ooh. So anyway, I'm I'm talking to this dude, and they were talking about 
what is black people should stop complaining and marching about for certain things or whatever. You're only going to get so far with it. And I was like, the point I was making is like, yo, without that shit, you don't have a civil rights act. You don't have a whole ton gang of stuff that goes on in this world. And you never, you know, if you're in a fight with somebody, you're in a firefight. You're going to take your fucking Beretta and you're going to put it down and you're going to say, I'm going to leave this on the hill because I'm pretty sure I have enough bullets over here to get the job done. Nah, you might carry it with you. You might use that to fire a couple of shots to like, let me, let me people think that there's more than one person shooting. You know what I'm saying? You can, there's a, there's a million different uses. It may not get the job done, but you still keep it in your bag, right? You still keep it in your bag, right? Absolutely. That's what you would do. Okay. So when, and talking about China, China and Gene, like you said, like control, like we saw the Asian hate bill that passed like this. The Asian hate bill was funded by a corporation that has a large headquarters in China. So they took that money and they funneled it to a pack and the pack made it to the, to Congress. And next thing you know, lickety split Asian hate bill. Past done. So they already are are in our politics in that way. I'm not saying that's a bad bill, but I'm just saying they got it done in a quick amount of time. They're in your computer systems. They're in your corporations. They're making policy. They're working on more than one front in order to take this and, and directly opposing you and Lending this country billions of dollars. And that's, I think that's the biggest piece is that. So the takeover of a country that worships money the way that we do. The way to take it over is to infiltrate it with money. You know what I mean? So if you, if you buy, I mean, like. Money buys influence. That money was used. There's a high percentage. There's a high percentage of real estate in this country that's owned by China already. You know what I mean, like we we owe the Chinese government a gang of bread. You know what I'm saying? Like that they're are they're already here. You know what I mean? It don't it doesn't matter how how they outnumber us, but it doesn't matter how big or small. Mm-hmm. Right. That's and, what I and, do. and you probably should. <laughs> it doesn't matter how, how big or small the country is, if they own you, they just own it. That's right. Macro and micro. They did that with, they tested it out with Africa and they own whole countries in Africa now. Right. Whole countries. So what I'm saying is that all these things and all these, these people are coming in from different ways and they're, they're all coming in. They're not, they're not being invited in. They're not doing this because they're stupid. They're doing this because they're looking at us and they're going through and they see what our weaknesses are and that's what they're attacking. And one of our weaknesses is money. Now, you talk about what's going on with this. What do you have people complaining about? Money. I'm not going to be able to get back to work. I'm not going to be able. My business is going to fail. I'm going to have to sell my summer house. You know, things of these nature. This is what people care about. So when you talk about, but then they wave that flag, USA, because USA allows you to have things. But USA is only going to allow you to have things until the government or the next people come in. And you're actually going to have to use your guns. Why would you have to? Why? Why would you? You don't have to go to. You don't have to go to that point if you change the way that you go about doing things. This whole shit is just all fucked up. This Afghanistan shit is fucked up. 
This world is fucked up. Forget about even the black people stuff. The black people stuff is completely messed up. They're, white people are just completely upset just because they don't want to hear the truth about history. And they're taking that shit to the fucking grave. Yeah, well, I'm going to tell you what, what uh, my, my, I always go to look. <laughs> I'm thinking, about, I suspected this. this. This show just kind of reminded me of that. I'm thinking all this little bullshit is going to be a moot point. Are, are, are all going to be moot points when the shit hits the fan. It is not going to matter what racial struggle anybody's going through. <laughs> it's not. It's not going to matter. Not. It's not going to. None of that shit is going to matter because we are we are right and ready for being blindsided. Yes, and it's not with. See, we're we're still of age when we think of crippling someone, we think of the war machine. We don't think outside of physical harm, physical you know, yes. human being, human violence. Mm -hmm. But what we've created, we've created a platform or an atmosphere on this globe that makes us uh, uh, susceptible to shit that we hadn't thought of we are outside the, of human be human violence. We are, right. <laughs> we are, we are literally and the so, barbarian horde. Yeah, and so when it comes to this, that, and everything else, the, the one thing, uh, here, the problem is this. This is why we're, it feels like a setup. Because I've seen, you know, I always say, okay, the country was was... Uh, has always been this racist. That's why all these millions of people voted for Trump, this, that, and everything else, right? But what I'm seeing is the, the cyber warfare misinformation campaigns have caused a lot of that. And maybe they'll say, well, if it ain't in a person to be racist, they can't be caused to be racist and this and that and everything else. No, they were at it, man. I mean, I saw some of the, the things that Facebook had done the research on and found that it was, you know, Russian bot and stuff. This is shit that caught my interest. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Shit. And so, and, and, and I don't consider myself a duck or a sheep, a complete sheep. So I can't even imagine how it can stir up some real through and through sheep. If you're not so bright. Right. If you're not but, so bright. But, but the, the best lies, the best lies have some truth in them. So even if, let's say something about uh, racism in the country, right? I mean, we know that the country is racist. So it, it's, it's not outlandish to say that some politician did whatever he did and it was a racist act. Like, and, but then for it to turn out to be some bullshit is possible, but it's not far-fetched to believe it just off the dribble. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So if you if you start a rumor, you have to start a rumor with some element of truth. Mm -hmm. So the, so it's so it's there. You see what I'm saying? So so what what they, what you're looking for is actually there. Well, I mean, well, so so even so. And I'm saying that only to say that Russian Russian bots or Chinese bots or whoever's bots are only effective because the undercurrent of whatever piece of truth that they're picking up is so is permeated through the country so so deeply well here's what right. they were successful with and this is the biggest issue right so they are they were very successful 
and uh, amplifying mistrust, right? So there's people who already didn't trust for whatever reason. It was amplified within those people and it was even established and 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 a countless number of people. So here's the here's the biggest issue. I was going to tie all that up by saying this: because of the the results of the Hillary Clinton Donald Trump uh, election, not because Donald Trump was president. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about because of the misinformation that was so because of the election fraud, misinformation, and information that was out there for the last election, Joe Biden, this and that, the goal that has been accomplished is that there are people who never even thought about whether or not uh, they trust uh, the country in its purest sense, because most, uh, you know, it wasn't it, relevant. but now if they don't trust, if there's this mistrust zone out there, when the shit hits the fan, <coughs> And the authority figures say this is what it is. You don't. Know who believes them now? It doesn't matter if they're telling the truth or telling a lie at that point. Doesn't the, the, you know the 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 the, uh, the destruction has already started happening when you have a debate whether this is real, this is that, whether uh, our medical professionals are trying to help us with the vaccine instead of hurt us with the vaccine. So all these major things that really uh, determine the health and the of the country and stuff, people are not going to... So when I add all this shit up and I start thinking shit, man, because we are... I've, all, I've been saying this since I was in the Army in the 80s. Boy, we some arrogant motherfuckers, boy. Arrogant as fuck. I'm talking, I'm talking about around around the world. And then world. And, yes, and, and at first it was a, an admirable arrogance from the world, it seems. But then it started evolving into a, a, a aggravating Dickhead. arrogance. <laughs> you, know, yes. you know, like, you know, like we, then we started turning it. They don't even care for us anymore. We became we became the biff of the world. We became yeah. the biffs of the world until we right. actually elected old biff. And yeah, that just kind of like blew it all up. That was just like, they're like, oh, hell no. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, it's enough. And you know what? His election was the natural part of uh, it was the natural uh, progression. Know, our destiny. It was the natural progression destiny. of things. We were, we were, <laughs> yeah, we were, we were going down that path. That's the path so, that we were going down. But it, it's... Well, see, the damage is done. And you know what? The, but that's not the only front that the damage is done on. Yeah. The damage is done on climate, on, 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 on climate change. The damage is done on so many fronts, right? It's like... I find myself going through life day by day now thinking, really, what's what's the fucking point in trying to focus on shit like generational wealth and all this shit? Yes. When I don't see I don't see a I don't see it in game. You should you know, be- yeah, it's an insurance policy to do it and, and do it well and this and that and everything else. But you know what? I don't see it unless there's a, a you know opportunities arise for you know uh, uh, exodus somewhere else or this and that or whatever you know and you can take your hard work and accomplishments from this state uh, this this status uh, this 
state we're in now to whatever it evolves to, then yeah, but I always, I feel like, I feel like we're going to see it all. Be careful. I used to think we're going to die before we see the major, uh, major, you know what I'm uh, saying? <laughs> this is what I always say about being careful about wanting to be your oppressor, because your oppressor at this point in time could very well be wrong. But to go back to like what Grant said, that was sort of like, I'm I'm glad that we we're on the same wavelength there because what I was trying to do this week was kind of teach a whole group of people and have them understand that most of these lies, moving even moving forward to what you said, Gene, you know what I'm saying? Most of these lies are based in some form of truth. And that is how they get you. And you have to be able to distinguish between what's the lie and what's the truth. And most people don't have that aptitude at this point in time. And that's what we need to do. And even going forward, like you're talking about what's the value. I've often had that very same thought. What's the value in collecting and amassing things in this particular world? And I've come to the conclusion that, eh, yeah, like you said, it's good to have and there are things that you could use. But the real amassing of wealth is going to be in educating your future generations and your kids and teaching them different ways to survive and to thrive through different environments. Don't teach them about the shit that, you know, you can teach them about the things that happen with groups and people because it's important because that's part of sociology, how people deal with each other. When the going gets rough, what are your tendencies? That basically will tell you who you are. When things are hard, that's when you find out who the fuck you are. I know this firsthand. Okay, so we're so moving forward. We have to prepare our kids for when things are harder than what they are today, not for things getting necessarily better. And you take your joys and your pleasures out of your moments, the moments that you're here and everything, because this world is different. And if you don't recognize if those fools up there don't recognize and everything, that's their problem. You have to worry about you. To a large extent, yeah, man. It's uh, uh we'll see. Uh, we'll see. I'm just not. I'm not confident. Well, I, <laughs> I guess. I guess every day. I guess ever since I've learned, ever since I really took some time to understand our history, and when I say just the U.S. history, I've never had confidence that we were going to amount to something great. Uh, you know, until the end of time. It's tough to I be. Always say, I always feel like we have to pay for our original sins at some point and, and, and not pay with any shallow way of, oh, now white people have to die or get hung or something. None of that. I'm talking about pay as a country that bears the name of, uh, you know, that bears the name of the ones who did all this shit? Let's be honest. You know, it's I, it, it's it's tough to be optimistic in a double do, in a double down philosophy or society. And that oh, or, you said double down, double down. That's exactly oh, okay. what it is. Double because, down. Because yeah, when things because when <laughs> things get bad, because when things get bad, we double down. We go back in with more. We go back harder with the same things until we until we make you. And that doesn't. I don't think that's going to work as well as it did in the 20th century in the 21st in the uh, 21st century, 22nd century. I don't think it's going to work as well. That's just my feeling. You know, it won't. Time, is, a, time is elastic. 
<laughs> yeah, it's expired. I'm telling you, the way the it's expired. I you know, of course, you can go rogue if you have the weaponry and make some noise. But then what? How do you control after that? See, see, the controlling with by fear has has ex, is is expiring. I should say it's, it's expiring, but it was there for thousands of years. Yeah, but it's got limits. It's still listen. You look, you, know. at the, you look at the world and, you know, see the whole problem with Af- Afghanistan in the first place, like, you know, 39, you have a president that was elected. He had 1.3 million votes he won in the last election in, in a country of 39 million people. So that's not what those people are used to. You tried to go into a country and tried to force democracy. We saw the same thing happen in Iraq. They went in. They had a president duly elected. As soon as the troops left, within a matter of weeks, that was gone too, and everything. Because right. the problem of the problem with it is that the people in those regions are not used to democracy. Yes, you've got you've got some, and I. It sounds so cold when you put it that when you put it this way, but there are a lot of women that have learned and have come out into the light in the past 20 years in this, you know, region of Afghanistan that was controlled and protected by the United States of America. And um, they're going to suffer terribly. It's going to be a very difficult adjustment for them. But the other 37 million people in Afghanistan aren't so concerned enough about it to keep the um, Taliban from gaining power. So, are they in favor of that type of government? Are they used to being told what to do? Are they, do they even want what you're peddling when you come in there with your flags and your hot dogs and your baseball and your soccer? Do the majority of people want that? No. Fucked up part about it is that there is a minority of people that may want to live that way and they are trapped within those borders. So then the question becomes, how do you get those people to a different place where they can live the way that they want to live? And there's never an answer for everybody. I think the Taliban is going to give it a good go. And what I mean by that is they've already started announcing uh, amnesty, this, that, and the third, a tune they have never sung before. Yeah. One thing these reporters can, can't say is, oh, we've heard this record before, then they went and slaughtered everybody. Right. That hasn't happened, you know? So what, will it happen? Who knows? You know, shit. I, we'll, we'll all see it unfold. But I'm telling you, I, I was thinking this. I was like, there is no intelligent being that calls himself a leader on this earth and has been a, and has been a leader for 10 years and thinks for one instance that they can get away with what people were, get, were getting away with 20 years ago. It doesn't even, it, it doesn't make sense that, okay, now we're going to keep beheading people on TV and, 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 and this world ain't going to do something about it with social media and everybody being able to see it and everything else. No, I don't think they're thinking like that. They, are, of course, are very strategic, but I think they're thinking, okay, how can we do this better so that we don't take all this uh, uh, global heat this, that, and everything else, because the people from Afghanistan, those aren't the boogeymen. Yeah. 
You know, I hope they're that, patriots in their minds. In their I'm minds, not saying they're, they're patriots because right. I, I, I'm pretty sure they have performed horror on people as reported. And I will say this in the same breath. You can't impress me with nobody else's horror. You know what I'm right. saying? Right. You can't, you know, you're not going to make me stop and say this is what we should focus on. Uh, we can have a great conversation about the heart right here. Well, yeah. patri- patriotism, so, like beauty, is in the eye of the beholder. Right. Yeah. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, what, right. what I think is patriotism, somebody else may view as fascism or, you know, whatever other ism. Can. Yeah. Right. So, Communism, whatever. Right. So attempting to go in there and change the way that these people have lived for generations, centuries, it was never, it was never going to work. It's just bad. It planning. wasn't about changing them. I'm telling no, you, man. This no, is, uh, I'm not yeah. saying it was. You know what it was about? You know what it was about? I'm, the same thing I said it was about before they came in. And the same reason why I said that they shouldn't go in. I remember at that time, even before 9-11 happened, um, before not, well, not, I've always known 9-11, so I'm good with that. But um, before 9-11 happened, the country, the economy was not doing so well. People think it was, but there were a lot of people that were getting, that were, I was seeing signs. I was it was just signs. after the dot-com fall. It was after the dot-com fall. A lot right of the, the false economies that we're that I'm still talking about right now to this day. You know, most of this, the biggest industry in this country now is financial services, which is basically bullshit. And I work in financial services, but it's just like basically moving paper that doesn't exist from one place to the next and right. saying that it has value. The same thing that we do with everything else in this country. If you're really breaking it down, that's what it is. Um wasn't looking too it wasn't looking too good then all of a sudden boom there's an airplane crash and we have a war nothing pumps money into the economy like a war like like war what what afghanistan and iraq and all the other wars have been about for the past 20 years for a lot of people is life because their parents they live in towns or their parents like work for a contractor um their whole towns exist, billions and billions and billions of dollars pumped into the economy. And for 20 years, that's enough time for you to have a child and see that child damn near through college. And when George Bush comes out and he says that I feel bad for the Afghan woman who are going to lose something X, Y, and Z, you can look at it and say, yeah, he probably does feel that way. You know, that was the good that they were doing. He also feels the heat from and the conversations from all of the contractors that are probably now calling him privately saying so what are we going to do to get our piece of the pie still right because we're no longer in this country and we're no longer going to be making these weapons that no one uses now the only the people who are going to be using those weapons are the taliban themselves who have collected a lot of the munitions that we left behind as well yeah, as the put, technology. Put the <laughs> you know, so it's like so somebody's gonna get to use it, but it's just not gonna be us. But how are we gonna get that next contract? And for a lot of people, that's what this is about. This is the end of the gravy train. And that gravy train came at came at a course for the Afghan people. Now, if I was Afghanian, I don't know, is that what they call Afghani? I don't know. That's the Afghan, I if you were, yeah, if, if you I were was, an Afghan. if I was an Afghan and everything, 
and I was thinking along those terms, I would remember that. So it's like there there are things that you have to that you have to worry about, and you have to. I hope that they do decide to do what you said, Gene, because honestly, what that would do is that would prove to it wouldn't even prove to everyone. It's just like it's just the right thing to do. Let these people live. Let these people live if they want to get out of their get out of that country. Let them get out of the country. If you tell them that, like, listen, you can't do X, Y, and Z. It's like you. It's not going to be either A. It's not going to be A, and you're going to force your way in. This isn't like transgender bathrooms in the United States of America. So it's like, listen, we're not going to beat you. We're not going to throw you in jail, but you're probably going to have to move. We'll give you a visa. Get out of the country. See if anybody will take you. As opposed to what they've done in the past and cut people's heads off on the internet. That would be a, that would be a positive step forward for humanity because you're never going to change these people have to change on their own. And if you're not, if you're not there, you're not on the ground. Like I was talking to someone who actually um, today, who actually worked in the Carter administration and she was like very mad at what Joe Biden did with how he pulled these people out. But there's really no good way to f- pull everybody out. You know, there was always going to be mistakes. It's always going to be bad. But apparently she feels like he did very bad. You know, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not a Republican. I'm just going to tell the truth from what I hear. She's a Democrat. She worked in the White House with a, with a Democratic president. So she's mad at the way that he that he, he did it. You know, but... She don't like the pullout game. She didn't like the pullout game. The pullout game was ass. She said it's ass. She said it's ass. Straight up. That dude got got seven kids. We got seven kids. America got seven baby mamas, man. Because we don't know how to pull out. Yeah. But the argument is do you stay in there forever? Like, is there really ever a good time? And then I'm I'm looking at it, man. I would have asked you, how do we pull out the other hundred countries we occupy? Yeah. What you do is not go. What you do is not go. You can't That's- not go because every for every every place you don't go, a town in America dies. Because that's the main that's the main export is the military dollar selling right. to these companies. You. I got you, but it's like it's it's one of the things that intrigues me or makes me think is how can America police the world and still keep black people on their asses in this country? You know what I mean? Like, it seems like you can't do both, but... You can't you do know. both for long. Well, well, I mean, that would be true. I think that would be true if you were... That would be true if it were... Simply a, forever, because they've been doing it a long time, but you can't do both forever. Well, if, you think, if you're thinking about it on terms of it being a simply moral thing, nah, you can't, but they're not thinking about it like it's moral. It's financial. That's what I'm saying. It's all financial. All this stuff is right, but- it's got nothing to do with they if you know a certain amount of people have to die in order for but those it, checks it, to be cut. Isn't that America across the board in, in everything that America does? I mean, so yes. I mean it, it just like the whole the whole war conversation, it all it all just brings to mind the Dave Chappelle Black Bush skit. When, he, when, when he, right when he was like, we coming to get that off. Right, right, we coming to get that off. That's basically what it, what it boiled down to. You know what I'm saying? This nigga cooking or something? Everything that we do is, but that's that's everything that we do is based on money. Right. 
so how do you how do you not how do you like if if, if the country is built on chasing money how, how do you be do, so bad how do you at do it? anything different how can you be how do you so do anything bad different how can you be so bad at it that's the point and continue that we're in a double down country in a double down culture we are actually bad at it at this point you know oh absolutely and like right now right now it's understandable with the pandemic and everything that's gone on for the past three years, it's like anybody would be in a any country, every country is in a worse position. It's like as far as like finance is concerned. When you start up again though, and you start from scratch, it's not gonna get any better because you've got eighty three percent of people who are behind in their mortgage payments. So you're looking at a possible like, you know, of course they're not going to foreclose on everybody, but what are they gonna do? They're gonna put people deeper in debt. Make you sell your family home in order for you not to for you not to feel it. And then the real answer is like, who are you selling it to? Because a lot of times the bids are not going to the people on the streets. It's going to large corporations that are buying up swaths of property, single family homes, two family homes across the country. So and it's tough to outbid them because they have deeper pockets than you, much deeper right. pockets. And if you sell it, if you buy it, you're going to buy at a deficit. That's where you're at. So, you know, that the finance isn't looking like really great. And there's it. What I'm saying is that my whole point in saying this is that there are serious problems that in this country that are not like revolved around race or gender or any of the other things that we normally speak about from our perspective. There are bigger problems that can just wipe all of these things away. And it can come down strictly to the individual or your group, your set, because it's all fucked up. It's all fucked up. True. But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, I think, you know, I used to think death by a thousand cuts is what we were going to experience. But uh, it still might be death by a thousand cuts, but I believe them thousand cuts are going to come in a day instead of. 10 years, you know, it's good, you know, with all, with the emergence of of all these new ways and technologies and things like that, 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 uh, yeah, man. Uh, so the, the, and then there was a lot of things they were not saying. I mean, even though they mentioned, because for it to be wrapped up in a bundle like this or just to have this information, I and then I start in the, during the documentary, I would see information that I saw before. But the information by itself just isn't significant on its own. Yeah. But then when you collect when, when you start seeing the bigger picture, and of course they couldn't show the bigger picture too long before this, because no. it hadn't even developed yet. You know, they had to include the misinformation that China threw out there on the virus. You know, so so I don't what they didn't include is the misinformation attack campaigns that we've had in other countries. I don't know what they are. We ain't going to know what they are until the other country reports it, you know. But but the thing is, is that this ain't about how many guns you got. This is about who's got the biggest brains. Yes. And we are. You see what I'm saying? It could be that 19 year old, like you said. Yeah, that we behind eight ball then. Yeah, we, huh? are, we are lagging far, far, <laughs> far behind. Nobody. Far right. behind because right. we're worried about, hey, you know, that kid should work for it. 
You know, forget about the fact that he's got a 174 IQ. You know what I'm saying? And may may save the world one day. He should work for it. Because Every able body that can needs to get into hacking. Listen, B. Or whatever that's called. Listen, uh, that, that includes hacking. Yeah, get the coding. Team yeah, sports. Yeah. Team sports. I played team sports. I coached team sports. When I went out there on the court, I found out what you did best, and I tried to help you get in that position to do that. Team sports. If you are a brainiac, if you can rebound, I'm going to get you close to the basket. If you can shoot jumpers, I'm going to draw defenders in and pass out to you so you can shine. That is what the game is. The United States ain't trying to see nobody shine. And that is going to be our biggest downfall. And on that note, the 26th episode, I think I'm going to have to call this one pessimism, is over. Pessimism? Yep. We out. It's our sexual chocolate moment. We are out. Sexual chocolate. <laughs> sexual chocolate. That boy good. Shout out to our missing good members today, Mr. Robert Brooks. Once again, working for the man. Yeah, calling them games. I went to an A's game, by the way. Yeah. Well, actually, he's not working for the man. He's actually spending some family time. Yeah, but he's spending some family time. I just wanted to call him out. Working for the man. (laughs) Yes, Miss Daisy. Piggly Wiggy down yonder, Miss Daisy. (laughs) (laughs) Miss you, Rob. Uh, Anyway, yeah, we done. I think we're done. Yeah, let me get up here to this gym. Yes, from Los Angeles, California, Mr. Gene Hopkins. Big round of applause. Hey, going down every day. Every day. From Detroit, Michigan, home of City Wings. 2896 West Grand Boulevard, Detroit, Michigan. Detroit, Michigan for your chicken needs. Grant Lancaster. That's right. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate you. All right, y'all. Y'all have a good night. Thanks for popping up. And uh, Born in Trouble, 26th episode. Peace. Peace.